Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello, he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, how are we doing tonight, huh? Oh, we're doing all right. Uh, just got through a busy week and a uh, busy weekend of, of, of uh, soccer and coaching and uh, so begins the life of uh, kids with multiple activities over the weekend and uh, trying to find what time I can steal to get my eyes on the Calcio so that I can be competent for uh, the people out there that tune into us every week. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good. So uh, I'm going to enjoy a little spotted cow because it was uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, the boys I coach uh, had a successful uh, weekend, won every game, and in fact had to play. They had three games, three scheduled games, and they actually ended up playing four games. Um, they. We we played the first we played the first game we played against a team that only showed up with three kids and then we were supposed to play back to back we were on neighboring fields with the other two teams in our group so the team that the three kids just decided to go home after that first game and then the so we ended up splitting our team so that we had you know some of my guys would play in the game they were scheduled to play and others went to the other field and then some other players came over so I was standing in between two fields coaching two games at the same time one was a winner by the score of nine to three the other was a winner by a score of ten to four so so you're like conte just screaming at both everywhere right yeah i was yeah the, the con that was when he's doing that pointing and doing all that that was me <laughs> that was me on saturday night so <laughs> nice nice and wrapped up with a win this morning so uh congrats to the, uh my it was my son's team so uh uh they did uh they did a nice they did a nice job so um you know but uh other than that, uh, and then my daughter had a U, she's on a U six team. They won seventeen to nothing. It was just kind of, you know, it's uh, at at uh, six um, at six. You don't know what you're getting. So, uh, but what can you say? Yeah, uh, Frank, you didn't buy the new Italian jersey. Horrible, LOD. I I'm on the, the away jersey, the white one. Yeah, that uh, I don't know about that. So anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm drinking. Uh, I'm actually drinking tonight. Uh, a little yeah, Grevensteiner here. There you go. There we go. So uh, yeah, drinking tonight. Uh, busy this weekend. I didn't have uh, games that my took my son to or anything like that. But I did a lot of lawn work. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to balance all that life and uh, and games as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's always a delicate balance, especially during the spring and summertime. So yeah. We got about a month to go here, so uh, yeah, we'll see how the season, the season wraps up, and I can get more free time to uh, work on my lawn, I guess, and do the house chores. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, uh, killing any dandelions or? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm at the point now where I just walk around the yard, just pull up dandelions, you know, random ones. So yeah, I'm doing a good job. My lawn looks green. I'm I'm dominating the neighbors. I'm spraying them. I uh, I can't. Uh... <laughs> The, I did the pull in them one year, and uh, just the hamstrings were just angry with me for like three days. Oh, I have like a handful of them. I don't, there's not many to pull, so yeah, yeah. So we had we had quite a few, and I only just I'm trying to trying to think of my nonna if she saw all those dandelions in the yard and saw me spraying them, she'd probably be pretty pissed. She'd probably want to figure out how she could take them and make salad with it. It's 
the old world Italians. That's what they're doing with that stuff. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, anyway, salute, David. Good to have you uh, have you with us. Uh, if you are uh, watching us, please join in when the chat. Check in with us. Uh, tell us what you're drinking too. That that'd be kind of no- good to know. Um, please, if, if this is the first time, please subscribe. Drop a like. Helps us out a bunch. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, match week thirty three, Richard. Almost in the books. Yep, almost in the books. We got uh, one of those weird, yeah, one of those weird weeks where uh, we're back to normalcy now, right? Because uh, last week was a little hectic with uh, the whole Super League thing, right? Uh, and then now we're back to normalcy with the with the league game that went on this weekend. So yeah, almost all the games are wrapped in the books. So yeah, it was nice to nice to be able to uh, boy that uh, that uh, Super League grand open and grand closing, huh? Yeah, yeah, like uh, someone said, the Fry Festival, right? <laughs> so that was us uh, yeah, up and down, up and down. It was. Uh, yeah, lots of uh, chaos there. I mean, many of us were stuck on Twitter for like 48 hours, you know, unfortunately, because we had all this news constantly kept breaking. So, Stevie uh, from Mil- Stevie from Milan Weekly Pod going to be in the chat tonight or is he going to watch the Oscars? Uh, he might do both. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Woody, Woody Ocho's in the uh, chat. He says he uh, poured a glass of uh, Nebbiolo. Okay, okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's a nice little drink to have on a Sunday night. Get you ready for the week. That's right. No, no shame in that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the here and gone, and then you and I had a respectful disagreement on what's going to happen with the clubs and, and getting punished. Let, let's yep. touch on. Let's touch on that. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't. How do you? How how can? Listen. Serie almost depends on Milan, Inter, and Juventus, and and and. We just had Calciopoli 15 years ago where they decided to throw their weight around and send Juve to Serie B and send, you know, deduction of points to Milan, deduction of points to Fiorentina. And um, the falling action from that was not good for Serie A. Um, I think that Serie A was stained just from the incident of Calciopoli itself. Um, here's where I Here's where I am at on this. You know, and I, and I listen to it from a lot of different angles. You know, a a big big vehicle of revenue um, for Serie A is the TV deal. Okay, and if you figure out if you if you remove or you figuring out how to if you if you drop them to Serie B or doing all this other stuff, AC Milan, Inter, and Juventus are a Big, big part of the viewership. I mean, if you're getting a deal, if you're getting ESPN Plus, or if you're getting, which will be Paramount Plus next season, the zone, depending on where you're at, you know, you're probably watching it because you support one of those three teams, or you support the Roman clubs, or you support Napoli, you know, with a sprinkle of some of the cult clubs, like Atalanta, some Fiorentina, some Udinese, and, and, and teams like that, okay? Um, the rest of the clubs are pretty much subsidized by that level of viewership. Um, so to, you know, for these 11 clubs to have gone after and, and done, you the- sound like Agnelli a little bit right here now, just to let you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just looking, I am looking at this from a, I am looking at this from a business sense. I mean, you know, the 11 club, those 11 clubs, do they really want to bite the hand that feeds them is the question that I want to ask here. Or do we just say, Hey, you know, if you guys want to be part of something like this, you know, what are you, you help us wet our beaks a little bit too. That's what I would try to get around towards doing because, you know, I, I think overall, as far as city has, you got to figure out how to keep a happy shop here with all 20 teams and going after these three teams for trying to chase more money. I get the, 
free market capitalism aspect of what Milan, Inter, and Juventus attempted to do. And let's just put it this way. It wasn't the players and it wasn't the coaches. That's the other problem I have with punishing them. They didn't do anything wrong. Okay, this would be like the NCAA here in the United States with college sports banning a football team for from postseason play for two years over something that happened five years ago that had nothing to do with the players that are there. You know, it's 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 relatively similar in that regard. So I think, you know, levying some degree of punishment, I think that there are a lot of obstacles for that to happen. Oh, sure, sure. I, I get that. And, and, you know, for the NCA stuff, you know, for certainly the stuff that happens by the executive side, you know, and, and the teams get levied these you know, two-year bans, whatever, that's harsh. But when a coach is involved, I think it's more than just, it sucks for the players, for sure, but the coach mm-hmm. is actually directly involved. But, you know, you you made your your um, your comparisons to 2006 Calciopoli, and I think, you know, I don't know if that, I don't think, I think the fact that, you know, the teams cheated they were match fixed and that's what really hurt not the fact that these the, the big clubs were gone but i do agree with you that the you know milan inter and, and juve are with majority of the fans lie and a majority of the renovi- revenue and outside outside interest comes because of these three clubs and i get that totally but i also don't think we can let these three clubs and the remaining nine clubs that are involved in the super league uh go unscathed i think they deserve some kind of punishment now i don't think they deserve relegation i don't think they deserve point deduction because to your point the players and the, and the coaches did nothing about it right it was it was all the executives i think it should be heavily fined i think transfer ban should be installed um but you know anything that affects the player i don't think inter who their players have been doing fa- by far the best team in the league this year they shouldn't be you know losing the scudetto this year because of what what happened because of this uh but i do think they should get transfer ban going to next year as well as milan and, and juventus and uh, point deduction i mean if it's a couple points here and there that doesn't cost Enter the title, that's fine. Um, it doesn't hurt me as much with Juve and, and Milan, but um, to take a title from Inter because of this is going to be unfair. Um, I'm sure Atalanta would love to see that, but, you know, I digress. I, I ultimately think you can't, these three teams on all the night, all 12 teams involved have to be punished in some way or form, shape or form. Uh, and, you know, for me, transfer bans and uh, heavy fines, and I'm talking about heavy fines, not just chump chain, I'm talking about heavy fines to the owners needs to be implemented and uh yeah i know i know 11 of the 14 teams in city yeah they still want punishment with for these three clubs the, the 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 other six you know obviously the top three who are involved and then i think fiorentina and roma lazio i think it was or napoli or whatever they were the ones like eh, we're not gonna say anything uh but i think something should happen can't they can't go unscathed so that would just be even a worse black guy than it already is with the racism and everything else mm-hmm. that's going on city so that's okay. all i'm saying so how about what would what would you say to this then? What would you say to the actual individuals that were involved behind the scenes representing these clubs uh, being removed with a you know and if they want to resume return to football activities or you know business related football activities that they have a show cause you know over a period of time? I think that would be a reasonable punishment to meet out because again we're, we're we're talking about a small number of individuals within these three clubs that were involved, you know, Paolo Maldini, I think has come out and said, knew nothing about that. He knew nothing about it. And then he said, if there's going to be a super league, there has to be a meritocracy to it. Paraphrasing what he said. I think he spoke that spoke out on this and during the middle of the week, um, you know, but a guy like Gazidis, uh, you know, and Agnelli, uh, you know, whoever was involved on the inter side, you know, that they're removed from these clubs and there's a, a, a show cause period that they have to have before they can return either to those clubs or return to football in general. 
Yeah, you know, David brings up a good point that uh, technically Milan and Juve have not pulled out of the Super League. Inter has, uh, but that's you know besides the point. Like the, I agree with that. I agree with your statement about you know this ha- making whoever's in, responsible for this leave the clubs. I've been saying Gazidis out all week, mm-hmm. but I also was thinking about it. How do you know exactly who was involved? Right? Is Gazidis going to be the scapegoat for Elliot management, or is you know you know we don't know who exactly we know Agnelli's the one in charge for for Juve and as well as uh, Zhang Zhang. Uh, for Inter and some other ones, obviously uh, Fiorentino Perez for for Real Madrid. But um, how are you? How are we going to be certain the people who get ultimately shit canned are the ones who are actually the ones the culprits? Right? Could they right. could just be firing somebody? It could be Elliot management. Elliot management behind the whole thing here for for Milan side and Gazidis is a scapegoat. You know, so I'm for it. I'm completely for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to say. How do you know for sure they were the ones involved? Right? Sure. It's. All I'm saying is that it's it's really really tricky, um, you know, in Definitely. terms of Definitely. you know, in terms of how you do this with the city yacht clubs, um, you know, because you look at the progress that Serie A has made, you know, kind of coming from the dregs of of, of Calciopoli, you know, to where they are now, and and you know, maybe referring to them as a sleeping giant as it as it is with with leagues around Europe and do you really want to take steps back when so much progress has been made? And that's, these are some challenging things that, that are going to have to get a, a addressed here. Yeah. for um, sure. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I we're, we're not near the fallout. Now I'll make another point. And I said this on Alex Donald's radio show on Friday, we, we, there will be a super league. Okay. Um, they have been talking about super league ever since, you know, Forever. hell, Berlusconi and Galliani were talking about it in the '90s. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and in uh, you know, ever since money became prominent in football, and it all happened when, uh, you know, Berlusconi invested in Milan. You started seeing, you know, some finance, you know, some larger financial investments. But it really kicked in after Bosman. What's the name when- of the guy on SiriusXM? XM? Uh, he's he's always involved with Serie A. What's his name? Oh my goodness. Um, he's Charlie, on the Charlie Solitano. Yes, yes. So he's you know he's come out and you know, with that, with that, the whole leaks that came out that with Der Spiegel kind of uh, unveiled. You know those are involved and it talked about how like Berlusconi and Galliani were heavily involved in that and several you know several teams yep. were involved in that. So yeah, it's been ta- it's been talked about for years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, ever since money has been more and more prominent in football, they've been talking about that. And, they, and you got to go all the way back. You go all the way back to Bosman, um, and lifting the limit on foreigners that can play for clubs. It made it so much easier to invest more and more money into the clubs to get, to go out and buy whoever they wanted. Um, and, you know, to the point where uh, Wenger's arsenal for long periods of time fielded 11s without one Englishman, you know, and I, you know, I don't know Mourinho's uh, inter that won the trouble. I think Materazzi is the only Italian. Yeah, I think he was. So, um, you know, so it, it that's what football evolved to. So, um, you know, once that happened, and then with money becoming super, a super league is going to happen. What I wanted to say, and I also said this on Friday, you know, if you're going to do this, I don't think you can leave behind uh, the clubs that you know have European pedigree to them that had been. Let's just face it, the way UEFA uh, constantly revised the Champions League, it left some very historic clubs in the dust. I would like to see them involved in some shape, form, or fashion. You can have this, you know, 
and I'm talking about a Porto, a Benfica, um, you know, the Dutch sides, Ajax, uh, PSV Eindhoven, Feyenoord, um, you know, clubs that in the past that have gone on to win, uh, you know, the Champions Cup prior to being the Champions yeah. League and even yeah. Porto winning the Champions League under Mourinho, you know, somehow you got to give them some involvement here. Um, you know, you've got to have an accountability. You've got to have a promotion relegation. So if there's going to be a Euro European Super League, my gut tells me that it is going to replace, you know, something like the, you know, Champions League, where you almost have a format relatively similar to the Nations League. You have the absolute premier flight of 20 teams, and then you have a second flight of 20 and a third flight of 20. And these teams work their way up and down. And then, you know, if there's a fourth flight, the teams that are at the bottom of that are entirely out of any kind of Super League. And you, you bring in some new teams and you find some format with which you can do that. You want to do it that way and get rid of the, the Champions League format. I might be willing to get on board with that. Um, but I like the league and knockout format that the Champions League brings. I like the once in a while. I like the infrequency of a uh, of of two major European clubs clashing that they don't see each other every year. That it's every so often. It that you know it exactly. that wets it wets the appetite a lot more for the neutral fan when you have that happen than if you see them all of a sudden. If it's if it's once or twice a year that they're seeing each other then it, it just becomes ordinary. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And it looks like uh, my, my, my camera froze here, which <laughs> ah, <laughs> is fine. Hear you. That's fine. That's all that matters. Um, yeah, no, and I I agree totally about that because I'd, I'd get sick of seeing the same teams over and over again. That's the thing with me. Um, I would want to see uh, – that's why I like the Champions League the way it is because, you know, every now and then you do get those big games that you're like, oh, that's – you know, for years – we, it was like for like a five-year stretch where we saw Barca Milan every year in the in the yeah. knockout round. Dude, that's fine because we always saw them for a couple games. You know, I don't want to see them. You know, for ten games a year or whatever. And I mean, imagine some of these clubs that are that are champions are going to get. You can see a couple teams start dominating other teams and other leagues, and then really put the value of the other leagues down even further than they already are. So, yeah, it's 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 a whole different thing, and you know. It's so many things to debate about. And I guess once we more things start unraveling and as we get closer and closer to this, I guess we can see where it goes. But I don't know if I'm just there yet ready for Super League. I know it's coming. Like you said, it's coming. They've been yeah. talking about it for a while. They're getting closer and closer. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, and Plus, I love the Champions League music. I mean, that's like the best anthem in the world. Come on now. Yeah. Can't, can't get rid of that. Yeah, that's been uh, one, that's one of the great sporting anthems of all time. It's hard to I, – I agree with you there definitely hard to uh to turn to turn away from that so so yeah so that's where we're we're at right now with the fallout with the super league uh you know there's going to be varying opinions about the punishment there's going to be varying opinions about uh how it should be formatted going forward but I, I mean i don't i don't think we're getting away from a super league actually happening i think we're going to have one at some point um I think the optics on how this one was presented, when it was presented, how they went about doing it during a pandemic and, and all the things and the things that we ranted about last week, um, <laughs> just bad timing, um, you know, uh, not bad timing and then also a very bad plan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's the, the combination of it. It was it was a perfect storm and it got everybody riled up. It did. So. 
How about we talk some Calcio? Let's do it. A lot of goals. Right. Yeah, there were. I mean, you know, boring serious Siri as people are t- now saying on Twitter. Like, okay, you're original. Very funny. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get on with it. Genoa and Spezia opened things up. A 2-0 win for the Grifone. Uh, both goals in the second half. That man again, Gianluca Scamacca, in the 62nd minute. Uh, and then uh, in the 86th minute, Eldor Shamuradov in, in a... Uh, goal provided by Kevin Strootman. Uh, final there, uh, 2-0. Uh, Spezia with all of the possession. It was a Ballardini masterclass. Here, you guys have the ball. We're going to counter you. Um, and uh, Spezia got the uh, dentist chair treatment here. Uh, six shots on target for Genoa. So very effective going forward on the counter in that game. Uh, Parma and Crotone. Parma has a... They had any realistic chance of survival. They had to win this game. Uh, they didn't. 4-3 uh, to Crotone. Magalan in the 14th minute from Adam Unas. Uh, Hernani in the 29th to level it for Parma. Sime getting a tap-in goal uh, in the 42nd minute. Unas, who was very influential in this game, scoring before the break. So 3-1 to Crotone. Parma putting on a fight. Gervinho. Uh, played in by Andreas Cornelius. It would be Cornelius's second assist of the game, but we only play that music when he scores goals, not when he gets assists. Uh, and then uh, Valentin Mihaila uh, making it 3-3 on 54 minutes. Very entertaining game, but this is Parma. This is this is a Parma that has dropped a lot of points. They would drop this one point penalty uh, in the and then in the 69th minute. That man Simi. Uh, scoring again, giving Crotone the 4-3 win. Um, 27 shots combined between both teams in this game. Very open game. Yeah. Uh, Does anybody else hate Siamese run-up to the penalty kick? It drives me nuts every time he does it. I mean, it's successful. I mean, he gets 50 goals a year from like it's like from penalty spots he, like he that. He looks but, like he should miss every time he does Yes, it. and he scores every time, but it, it just drives me nuts. I'm like, run! <laughs> no kidding. Oh, goodness. All right. Sassuolo won Sampdoria nil. Um, Audero masterclass for Sampdoria in goal. We got we to gotta point that out. Uh, Consili himself wasn't too bad. Uh, but six saves for Audero. Otherwise, uh, Sam, Sassuolo could have walked this. They really dominated this game. And Domenico Berardi with a goal of the week candidate in the 69th minute. Overhead kick, just kind of a presence of mind thing from close range to see where the ball was and just to make that uh, – uh, make that action, uh, sending it home uh, in this one. Sassuolo on some real run of form. Uh, maybe too, you know, certainly too little, too late for Europe. But once again, uh, they're turning on the style, and they're on 52 points. So maybe don't say too little, too late just yet. Um, but they're uh, they're creeping up, and they have, like I said, they've been in an excellent run of form. You did say they would finish ahead of Roma. Uh, it's getting close. Getting close. I did. I said. I said seventh. So, uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, and then, uh, for those of you that did wake up early in the morning, you were in for a treat. You were in for all the Rodrigo De Paul you could handle. Uh, and uh, uh, Benevento has apparently decided they don't want to play football anymore, or calcio, or whatever you want to call it. Four-two uh, to Udinese, and it might not have been that close. Uh, although I'll say this, Benevento had more possession. They actually outshot Udinese 21-9. to uh, Benevento's defense has just completely gone bye-bye. Yeah. Um, and, that might, and their prospects of staying in Serie A is probably going to go bye-bye too because after, all this, after today's results, they now find themselves in 18th. 
goal of the week candidate in the fourth minute because of Rodrigo DePaul's pass that split just about everybody that was in the building uh, and found Nahuel Molina uh, in the fourth minute. Uh, Pereira finding Tolgai Arslan in the 31st uh, to put Udinese up 2-0. Uh, just three minutes later, a penalty for Benevento. Nicolas Viola scoring again on the penalty. Uh, 34th minute there. 2-1 to Udinese at halftime, but Rodrigo DePaul providing again in the 49th minute. This time for Jens Stryker Larson. Uh, and then uh, Jaden Braff, young, uh, young, talented striker uh, for Udinese, got to come on, make an appearance, and score his first Serie A goal. Congratulations to him. Jack, Gianluca Lapadula sparing the blushes just a little bit for people in Zaghi's men. I swear to God, there was a camera angle. There was a camera pan on people in Zaghi. He, it, go, I, I, honest to God, going into the game, I don't think, I think people in Zaghi's hair was totally black. Okay. And now you, you, they put the fucking camera angle on him and he is just gray hairs like crazy. <laughs> yeah. He's, I thought I would go gray before him and he beat me to the punch. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, man, Benevento are, we, we talked about this last week, didn't we? We said, look, you know, Calgary have a real shot at getting out of this. They got too much talent to be in the bottom three. And the team that you better worry about is Benevento. We said this exactly last week, and here we are. Benevento is in real trouble. They're not defending anything right now. And uh, it may cost them here the, from here on out. They have, here's their run-in, uh, at Milan, uh, hosting Calgary on Sunday, May 9th. Oh, get ready for that one. At Atalanta and then hosting Crotone, and then at Torino. I see maybe oh. four points for them out of that run-in. If, they, if they've, you know, and, and, I, and clearly that's not going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, most of the teams are actually playing fairly well. I mean, Milan is not, but, you know, it's a much bigger club than they are. Atalanta just decimated someone today. We'll get to, uh, and Torino's playing a lot better. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to come points, uh, come, come, come by with some points, and... Yeah, it's unfortunate because, you know, one, the, the great story that Benevento was last season. They dominated Serie B. Uh, they come to the league this year. At one point, they were like 10th place, and they were looking good. But, yeah, they've completely gone on vacation way too early, and uh, it's going to cost them a position in Serie A next season because Cagliari have just, like we said, have just enough talent to get by, and they, they proved that today. Uh, and so, yeah, it's unfortunate for them because – Benevento plays some attractive football every now and then, and you like to see people in Zoggy doing well with his club. But uh, it's unfortunate too, because you know, if he goes to Serie B, does do, does he get fired? You imagine yes, but he did such great things in Serie B. Do you give him another opportunity? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of questions for Benevento, and uh, unfortunately, their defense is nowhere to be seen. If you're a Serie A owner and you are looking for a manager, and you come across, let's say this is people in Zoggy's resume. You know, and he has expressed interest. Here's what you should do. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. No, wow. absolutely not. He he hasn't done it at this level. He hasn't. He had Milan, albeit banter era Milan, and, and Berlusconi and Galliani gave him no help. But still, with the squad that he had, they shouldn't finish. Shouldn't have finished tenth. Um, and then uh, what was it? Bologna. Yeah, you know, got I think wrong, he was just he was just begging to get sacked uh, by you know by the end of that tenure and he did great to bring Benevento back up, but, and, and he got them off to a really nice start, but he, 
his approach, his style, how he has his teams play. He, he just he, he seems to get found out uh, each and every time. And his shelf life in Serie A with a club is painfully short. I mean, even if he manages a Serie B side next season and gets them promoted, and I'm the owner of that club, they said, hey, thanks for getting us up here. But this is as far as you go. I've seen how this looks, and I know where I'm going if I keep you. So that's just the shame of it because we haven't seen anything different from people as a manager. Yeah, I know. And it's it's funny how a month changes because a month ago we were saying, oh, they're comfortable, they're doing well, but they've just played so poorly and there's not stopping anybody. Um, you know, when all kinds of teams are scoring four goals against you, it's uh, it's not a good thing. I mean, granted, you know, Udinese had put on like a little master class, you know, counter master class against them. Uh, and they've been playing a lot, a lot better lately too, but... Yeah, it just does not. The optics do not look good. It just looks like people can't get out of the out of Serie A, or can't can't keep his team in Serie A. Uh, he got lucky. That Bologna didn't get relegated because he got he got fired before the end of the season, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I agree with you. If you know, if you're an owner looking at you know him and he's available, like man, I got to pass. I got to find somebody else. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I I root for the guy. I do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's red and black. You know. Uh, Scored uh, scored two big goals in the 2007 Champions League final. Scored a lot of goals for Milan in his time there. Um, you know, so as a player, I'll always I'll always revere him. Although he was strictly a goal scorer, um, he was nothing else as a footballer. I mean, even Johan Cruyff said he said, "Man, people in Zaghi can't play football for shit, but man, he could score goals." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so. Uh, I think he said that about him. I somebody told me that that's what he said. But paraphrasing. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. That's that's what I do. I don't read. I don't read quotes directly unless I'm reading. I'm actually reading a, a script, and we go unscripted here. So, um, so yeah. So that's it's just it's dire for Benevento. I I'm gonna call it. They're going down. I think they go down. I think they go down with Parma and Crotone. Uh, I think we officially sealed. Speaking of Parma, I think we officially sealed Parma's fate. Nope, they still have a mathematical chance of getting out they would have to let's see they would need they're gonna have to win all of their games which do we blame the new american owner or is this a problem that they had before him it's uh i mean the, the problem is when they change managers it clearly is see i just don't even think they i i think it was still i they they should have been sticking with the versa all along you know i think you knew exactly what you were getting into when you sacked him for Liberani. And apparently Parma's ownership didn't watch Liberani's Lecce sides. You know, we, we, we love the Lecce boys we had that we had on a few months back, but I mean, there was no defending and, and diverse sides with Parma were relatively organized, you know? So it's, you know, you, you go to a change of tactics, you go to a thing, go to some things that are flawed. And then all of a sudden you have to try to unscrew all of that. And it's really hard to do that. Um, you know, and, and Parma's running at Torino, Atalanta at home, at Lazio. No, they're down. Uh, Sassuolo at home, and then at at Sampdoria. There's no way they're getting 15, you know. It would be one of the epic miracles of all time if they won five straight out of that. So let's just say they're down. But Benevento, Parma, and Crotone are, are, are going to be your three relegated teams. Benevento's sitting there in 18th, and I think they're going to be there to stay. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. Yep. Sassuolo... Maybe. 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 52. Roma's on 55. You know, Lazio still have a couple of games in hand uh, on 58. 
Um, it's not over yet. And boy, this Sassuolo side is playing some pretty inspired ball of late. And, you know, they beat Fiorentina. They won at Milan. They beat, they, they beat the Sampdoria side. The run-in, they host Atalanta. They're at Genoa. They host Juve. They're at Parma. They host Lazio. You know, you could look at that run-in and say, man, man that's daunting. But, you know, Atalanta, Juve, and Lazio are not without their flaws, and they all got to go to the Mapei. I don't really rule out Sassuolo getting to seventh and getting ahead of Roma, as I predicted at the beginning of the season. I, I want to see it happen just because of that, Richard. Yeah, I mean, and you also got to look at the flip side that Roma is playing equally as bad as, as Sassuolo are playing well at the moment, and they're, they're giving away points, just giving away because, like, whoever wants it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's theirs to be taken, uh, and, you know, we'll see how the, the stretch goes down here for the, those two teams uh, here at the end, but uh, it's not out of the realm. It's not another question. I mean, it's three points is nothing. Uh, you can make that up in a weekend. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a must-see TV. It's too bad they don't play each other seven seven more times. That would be a nice seven-game series I'd, I'd like to watch. But, you know, yep. I guess we can't have that. No, we can't. And then Spezia uh, are going are getting dragged into this relegation conversation all of a sudden. Um, as, as, as highly rated as Vincenzo Italiano is as a manager, um, you know, they're not... I mean, they've got one point in their last three. They got four points in their last five, uh, of which the win came against bottom side Crotone. Um, they play excellent football. They possess it well. But they're another team that if you can, you know, once they're stretched and committed and if you've got the right components to counter them, uh, you can get at them. And, and that's what's been happening. Um, but on 33 points, they're not safe. Uh, and the run-in for them is even difficult. Uh, at Verona, hosting Napoli. At Samp, hosting Torino. And then uh, hosting Roma to finish it off. Um, are we concerned about Spezia being in this conversation at some point? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it last... Well it's going to come down to Spezia or Benevento at this point. And who's going to, who's going to show some muster over here at the end, you know, over the other one, they both got difficult run-ins going here. Um, Spezia has played the most consistently well, I guess to say of the, of the two teams. Um, Benevento's had some good games as well, but you know, they've, they've seemed to shut it off as well here in the last, you know, month or so. And uh, you mentioned here what, what in the last three games, they, they just really played really poor and, I don't know, man. It's it's unfortunate because we had such high hopes for a lot of all these, you know, promoted teams uh, to do well this year, and you know they started well. Most of them started well, and um, looked like we we're gonna have all like three Syria vets that were gonna go down, and then all of a sudden it turned things are starting to turn around slowly and surely. And uh, the the two of the newer boys, you know, um, Benevento and Lazio, about Lazio. <laughs> Excuse me, Jerry. Jerry, listening. Uh, Benevento and Spezia. Uh, they're starting to play like their uh, relegation or their steady B selves now, and then teams are starting to take advantage of them. So, uh, despite all the possession, like this last game, like you mentioned, uh, Genoa just found you know found great ways to counter them, and and, and they did so successfully. So, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I don't know who's going to be the team that's more likely to fall. Is it Spezia or Benevento? Um, I, I'm going to give it to Vincenzo Italiano at the moment and say they got the slight edge over Benevento. If, you know, if you're looking at managers, you probably hit, take him over people at the moment. But uh, yeah, who knows? It's 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 difficult for both teams. Sure. So 
I, I just think Torino and Calady are in too good a form right now, and Torino's got some games in hand to make up where I think they're going to work their way further up anyway. <clears throat> um, and uh, I think that it's Benevento at 18th, and Benevento could be the team going down, and I think if there's another team that you could probably put in that conversation, it's going to be Spezia. And I, I ultimately, Spezia might be 15th right now, but I think it's going to come down to Benevento and Spezia for the remaining relegation place. And I ultimately think it'll be Benevento going down. I think Spezia will somehow figure out how to survive this. Um, yeah. But uh, that's kind of where I'm going with the, with the relegation talk. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right. Maybe we can uh, flip it over to the other side of the table, Richard, with the uh, games that uh, you have for us. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh, first off, a um, uh, nice rivalry going here between Fiorentina and Juventus. Fiorentina hosting this one. Uh, we would get a penalty shot early in the game. Uh, Chiellini takes down Vlahovic. Uh, they did not see it as a penalty. I saw it as a penalty. But uh, as football is, you know, karma comes back and bites you. And uh, there would be a penalty called on Rabio in the box that Vlahovic would step up and score in the 29th minute. Uh, they Panenka. would hold. Panenka. Yeah, Panega, a nice little one too. Goal of the weekend, uh, mate. Absolutely. Uh, he took it with confidence in that one. He celebrated like uh, it was a rivalry game. Uh, they took that lead into halftime. Uh, Pirlo made some substitutions, made some formation changes, and it worked immediately. Alvaro Morata stepped in the game and within a minute of entering in halftime, um, did well to free himself up in the right hand right hand side of the box. And goal of the week, my goal of the week this week, uh, with his curling shot past uh, the keeper. I mean, Wow, what a what an effort by Alvaro Morata! You know, stand 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 up and take an applause there, everybody. Uh, great goal by him. Uh, the game went back and forth. You know, they had some chances here and there. Uh, a similar opportunity later in the game, at Ronaldo could have got a header for a backdoor goal for the winner, and misses that. Uh, but the game would end one one. So uh, big points dropped by Juventus in this one, and they're and they're bid to try to stay in the Champions League hunt. Uh, moving on to the. Um, Presumptive winners this year. Uh, Inter hosting Hellas, uh, two teams that are known for the defensive style. You knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. This game certainly was that. Uh, they traded their chances back and forth. Um, Inter, Inter, you know, had the better of the quality opportunities in this one, but it took them a while, really, uh, to get some uh, a sniff at goal. The, really, their only sniff at goal was in the 76th minute. Uh, it was that uh, fullback-to-fullback situation. Hakimi to Darmi, and Darmi puts away a goal. Uh, one nothing. That's all they would need. Uh, there was a controversial play that we'll get to here in a little bit at the end of the game, where a goal was scored by Hellas, but then the goal was taken away. We'll get back. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, moving on, Cagliari hosting Roma. Big game for Cagliari. Uh, really trying to you know scave off relegation. Uh, they scored early in this one. Uh, Lico Janis in the fourth minute uh, made it one nothing there. Uh, Carlos Perez would equal it in the 27th. A nice goal by him. Uh, in the 57th minute, Marine, goal of the week candidate there, a lovely goal to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, Jao Pedro then would follow that up in the 64th with a goal, make it 3-1. to one. Uh, Fazio again on the board just minutes after that to make it 3-2. But unfortunately for Roma, too little, too late. That was not enough. Cagliari, big three points for them. With that win, it made, made they leapfrog Benevento so that they get out of the relegation zone based on tiebreaker. So big three points for them. Uh, and then to close out my batch game that looked like it had the makings of being a close game. Um, it was it was tough to score goals early for for Atalanta. Malinowski, goal of the week candidate. Luis Marial with a beautiful back heel assist to him uh, to put that goal away. 
Uh, and then they didn't get another goal until uh, they got a penalty in the 44th minute. Uh, Muriel would step up and take that. But, you know, it looked like it was going to be a difficult game. And then coming out of the break, uh, Shouten with a uh, nice red card. You know, Atalanta are good enough. You don't need to give them a man advantage. Uh, yeah, they, they don't took, need help. They don't need help. And they took well advantage of this. Um, Froiler in the, in the 57th minute made a goal, made it 3 nothing. Two minutes later, Zapata made it, scored a goal. A, a powerful shot to go back there. 4 uh, nothing. And then in Moranchik to wrap it all up in the 73rd, 5 nothing. Uh, Atalanta destroyed a 10-man Bologna. Uh, it was a... Uh, we it looked like old Atalanta, Frank. Uh, let's start with that game. Um, the goal scoring started started out difficult for... It looked like a game that maybe Bologna and, and Mihalovic could find a way to stymie Atalanta. But, you know, Atalanta, they have so much talent. They just keep coming at you in waves. And that dam was eventually going to break. And going down a man does not help anything. And it's kind of crazy because the red card happened early in the second half. And... Yeah, it was like the, the first- 50... 50th minute or something crazy like that. Yeah, so the first half of the possession was a lot more balanced. So Bologna had a little bit of the ball, but, I mean, it was just Atalanta were ruthless, you know, going the other way. I mean, the first half stats, Atalanta outshot Bologna 18-4. to First half. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Second half, the majority of it, they had a man advantage. They had 59% possession. Seven shots, four on tar- seven shots, four on target. I'd shot him seven to four. So overall, you know, 25 shots uh, in this game. 25 to eight, Atalanta outscored Bologna with 10 shots on target. Had it not been for the goalkeeping in this game, uh, you know, Skrubski probably, you know, gets some bad marks for conceding five, but he also made five saves. You know, so this could have been a heck of a lot worse. I'll tell you, that that penalty from Luis Muriel, you rarely see a goalkeeper frozen on a penalty kick, and Skorupski had no chance of that. I mean, that was well, well taken by Luis Muriel uh, to end that first half. And But, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was the game was statistically looked kind of close in terms of possession, but, yeah, Atalanta just, uh, they were ruthless, like you mentioned. They were wave after wave of attack. Um, Papu Gomez who? Yeah. I was, the, the, the couple of things that, that I had, I had some frustrations with, and I understand you're playing, you know, we, they played it midweek and you know, all of this other stuff, but Bologna to give themselves a chance. I, I think you got to start Orsolini over Scove Olsen, um, you know, first and foremost, and, yeah. and play with that attacking quadrant that you have of Orsolini, uh, Soriano. And, uh, and I don't think Sansoni was, was, uh, he available for this game? It doesn't look like he was. Um, no, he wasn't. So um, that probably changed things. But even maybe starting Vignato. And I, I did, Mihailovic just butchered this team. He started Palacio and Barrow as a two-man front. Um, you know, you have these, this Valentin Antov. What is he? Um, you know, watching some of this game, I was trying to figure out what he was doing out there. Um Mihalovic was too. He was like chasing shadows, probably. Um, you know, and then scouting getting the getting the red card. It wasn't a good day for Matthias Vonberg. I mean, it was just a, just I just. But we've seen we we've we've somewhat seen this with Mihalovic a little bit sometimes when he when he gets yeah. Bologna traveling to play these big teams that he he just all of a sudden changes things. Be what you're good at. You know, I mean. So, so some of this Atalanta had 
handed to him if we really, really deep dive. I mean, we can we can be in awe of Atalanta's performance because we should be. But you know, part of, some of football is you take you know sometimes you just take what's what the opponent is giving to you, given to you, and Mihailovic gave Atalanta a system that they could just shred. You know, that has you know that's not what Bologna has been from an identity standpoint. And uh, yeah. I think that that had a that had quite a little that had quite a bit to do with it here. Um, I mean, but it, it don't, I don't want to take away from Atalanta. They were unbelievably impressive, and a good team is going to take advantage of this. But I, I thought this was a a tentative approach that Mihailovic took, and I I see a lot of talent in that Bologna team where they shouldn't be having to do this. No, I I agree fully about that, and I think. Uh... All that with all that said, and then the red card added on top of that just made things a lot sure. worse. Uh, what was your thoughts on the red card? Because initially, when it first happened, I thought that was a harsh, harsh red. Oh, but, vicious. I, but, he, but, he, I, but he I think the red, the replay you saw the, the the high foot, high foot on I think it was near his knee or whatever on Toloi, I believe it was. Um, so I mean, I guess it's a red. Yeah, it's a red. I mean, I've seen stupider calls in the Premier League. Uh, so when only, so only had to go, Scouting has to go. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, we've, we've said that many times, right? You take out a player, then you should be gone. And I can't remember who said it on Twitter. Apparently, a boot to the face only gets you a yellow because Milinkovic Savic got away with that. So did Ronaldo. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. Sure. If you give him a boot to the leg, if you give him a high boot to the leg, you're, you're done. You decapitate you're someone, you're good. They value, they value legs more than faces, I guess, in Serie A. So. You can't score with your face. Oh, wait, you can. Never mind. You can. <laughs> you can. You can score own goals with your face, too. I've seen it before. That's true. That's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, moving on to Cagliari Roma. Um, big game for Cagliari. They really needed this. I, I mean, I, I thought Roma should have been easy, should have been able to easily, you know, uh, take on Cagliari and beat them. But you know, Cagliari is what they're doing with a survival. A team that's trying to survive is supposed to do fight. Um, and you know, from the beginning of the match, four minutes in, Luka Jonas getting the goal. You saw their intent early. He's like, we're here to win. We're, we need to survive. And they looked like a team that was hungry to stay in Serie A. Uh, and I think they fully deserved this match. Um, what were your thoughts on their performance this one? I mean, part of it is giving them compliments for obviously winning, but then also part of it is also Roma shit in the bed, right? Uh, I mean, it's just uh, which angle do you want to look at it from? Starting Fazio. That was the sure sign that Calgary had a great chance. I wish I I wish I knew this. I, I was in the middle of my coaching. I wish I'd saw these lineups and well, I don't have there's no sports book in Wisconsin. The second the second I would have seen Fatsu in the lineup, I would have put money down on Calgary. I don't know what their odds were. Jerry says Roma sucks. Of course he does. <laughs> He's right though. <laughs> so, um I can take victory laps on Razvan Marin. We've been touting him a lot. <laughs> so, uh, here on City, I said goal and assist in this one, right? Yeah, great goal, goal too. Yeah, yep. Great goal too, and the, I thought the, the the assist was excellent. And I think, what, what's the take that we gave? I mean, we we said, you know, we will be we will be talking about Razvan Mari in the way we currently talk about Rodrigo De Paul, um, which we didn't talk a whole lot about uh, earlier, but. You know, but then Rodrigo DePaul goes and does what he did against Benevento today. Um, you know, so I think that Martin is not to DePaul's level yet, but I think he has the I think he has the talent in his locker to get there. Sure. Um, I've always I've always said that about them. I've been saying that about him for weeks um, on this podcast now. So 
good to see that he had a performance that backs that up. Uh, you know, yeah, great overall team performance. Vicario had a good game too. Yeah, the goalkeeper for Cagliari. Uh, not, it's not that Roma didn't have any shots; they had seven shots on target, but yep. uh, he played well. So I mean, it was a great team effort, I think, and uh, good for them. I mean, we we said it would be a travesty, you know, if, if Cagliari are relegated because it's just where they play and it's the talent that they have. They shouldn't be in a relegation talk, and at least now they're out of the relegation zone for now. So yeah, good for them. At Napoli, at Benevento, hosting Fiorentina. Uh, at Milan hosting Genoa. So what did we say about Benevento? Maybe four points tops from them from here on out? Maybe. I, yeah. I can see six for Cagliari, at least. Yeah. Um, I think they'll beat Benevento. Um, I think that, everyone's... That game, that might be... one. That's going to be one of the most important games in May uh, in Serie A. I mean, we don't have a... You know, I mean, the, some of these top four battles there's going to be a lot of them but this benevento calorie game is relegation six pointer yeah it's if you're a neutral watch it so yeah definitely watch i mean crotone parma ended up being a really great matchup right four three i don't yeah. know it's great but it's great nice nice in the goal scoring department uh four three so what this is an, you, you would imagine be just as much excitement maybe not the amount of the goals but just the amount of excitement so there's going to uh, be so much on the line in that game so yeah. Jerry uh, says uh, he hopes Roma misses out in European competition, and they they look like they're gonna miss out at this point. Uh, it's it's difficult, but uh, yeah, they're not playing well at all. Uh, and Jerry, to answer your question, I, I picked Atalanta to finish second. I still think they'll finish second. Well, they're in second now, um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I do think that Napoli, and I said this on Friday as well on Alex's show. I think Napoli are snatching a top four place. I just have been racking my brain over at whose expense it's going to be at. Um, That's the logic. The logic would say Milan because of Milan's fixture running. It is brutal. Um, And their form. (laughs) Yeah, and their form isn't great. At Lazio, at at Lazio, at Juve, at Torino, and at Atalanta are among those games, and their home games are. Cagliari and Benevento. So Milan will have a say in this releg. Milan's going to have a say in this relegation fight just as much as they could have a say in <laughs> in, in whether or not Champions they're going to be top four. So yeah, it's interesting. Milan's going to be a very important team, uh, you know, as far as the rest of the season is concerned and how things play out. Yeah, um, I agree with you 100. I think uh, Napoli look like they're going to make Champions League, and the question is, it's going to be Juve or it's going to be Milan? And unfortunately, it's going. I still wouldn't rule out Atalanta. You think so? I, I still think the defending there is flawed. Like I, I think, said, I think I they're going to lock up second place. I think I feel they're going to pull away with that watch. That's just my gut. I anticipate, you know, I think that Atalanta probably are going to be the safest out of Milan, Juve, and, and, and Atalanta. Um, I, I don't think, you know, the defending worries me, but... I still think Bologna took a real chicken shit approach to this game. Um, I don't, you know, and again, I'm trying to do that without taking anything away from Atalanta's performance today sure, because you have sure. to, you know, if that's how they approach you, they're, they're basically there for the taking. You got to go and take them. And that's what Atalanta did. But I, you know, with, with what Bologna has available to them, I certainly expected a heck of a lot better. Um, for sure. So, it, you know, it's what it is. So I, I'm not totally there yet, but. Um, Michael Easy in the house. Hey, what's up, Mike? Mike, good to see you, man. 
<laughs> Michael, what did you think of Michael? What did you think of? Uh, I would love to hear your your thoughts on the challenge between uh, Faraoni and Handanovic uh, from the Inter Verona game. If you caught that, if uh, that was a good call or if that was uh, if that goal should have stood. So I, I will wait to hear from that. I mean, you and I are in agreement. I mean, it's it's kind of an it's, it's kind of a sketch. You go first. What did you think? Sorry, what we're talking about? I was looking at Jerry's comments. Uh, Inter Hellas Verona. <laughs> yeah, so that play. So my thoughts on this goal and the ultimate play was a no, a no goal. Uh, so what it was is the play was going up, and I think it was off a set piece, a corner kick or something. Uh, ball's going into Handanovic. He, in my opinion, lazily goes up for it, makes no real attempt to go after it. Faraoni, to his credit, is going for the ball because why not? You're trying to score a goal. It hits off his looks like it hits off his shoulder, hits off of Handanovic's hands, and goes in the goal. They call it a interfering with the goalkeeper, and the goal doesn't count. I thought that was a soft call. I thought Inter got away with one, but they're you know they they played well enough uh, this year that you know, maybe they get a nice lucky bounce. It's fine. I'm fine with that. But I mean, I thought it shouldn't go for Hellas. Um, not going to affect champion, the championship here by any stretch. But I thought there was too much clashing between Faroni and, and Handanovic. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, I at some point. So even my, even Lisa's saying he's like, yeah, I wanted to see Handanovic reach out for the ball and take it away. He just stands there and does nothing. I agree. He just lets the ball fall to him, and Faraoni jumps up because he's trying to go for a goal. And yeah, I. It's hard because I think referees give goalkeepers the benefit of the doubt more often than oh, not. By absolutely, and it's and they're trying, and, and I think that they're they're protected because of you know because of the things that go on in the penalty area sure. in those situations. So. Unless it's um, people kicking you in the face. <laughs> uh, Jerry is arguing that it's no goal. Um, I, you know, I think it's, I, I honestly think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. And I will not check Uncle Sharma's account. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, Michael thinks it's a goal. How do you just stand there? Go get it. And how and far does one straight up? That's fair. Okay, Michael, thank you very much. It's it's, and I'll go. And I respect Michael's judgment as a as a as a referee. So, um, so that's. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's a non-issue, right? Because it it doesn't affect any any anybody in the stadiums or anything like that. So, I mean, what is what it is. But I'm just saying, it has been a bigger game. It could have been a major controversy, but it wasn't. It just it's something I saw and I noticed. You know, just I mean, just like I thought Vlahovic was taken down by Chiellini in the Fiorentina matchup. Uh, and that was a non-call there. So, I don't know. You know, that, this happens a million times in the games. And it's just something that happened at the very end that could have made it 1-1. And ultimately, it matters for now. And, and, and Michael, help me with this, okay? Because um, here's here's what I think. My my belief is is that if you're going up, okay, you have, you have the right to try to make yourself, to make your frame a little bit bigger with your arms, you know, hands down and your arms just out a little bit okay um but you know fingertips facing down that kind of thing um as long as none of that extends and makes contact but you're allowed to make yourself you're allowed to give yourself a maybe a bubble is is probably a good way to put it but you're allowed to make yourself bigger uh you're allowed to make your frame bigger in certain situations as long as you're not shoving off that you should be okay. I mean, I that's that's the way I understand it. That's the way I've understood it for years. And I don't, you know, referees I've talked to around here, you know, don't never seem to have a problem with that. It's how I'm training my son to play when he's a forward. He's just like, okay, you can jump and you can have 
your arms out, but you can't have like your forearms out. You can't have your hands out as if you're pushing off or, or, or gaining an advantage that way. So I watched the video on Uncle Chalmers' account just now. Thanks, Jerry, for the tip on that. Uh, so you do see Faraoni's makes contact with Handanovic's hand just before the ball, before it, just before it's his shoulder and hits Handanovic. Still, I think it's a, it's a weak call, um, ultimately. Um, he does make contact, and they, like you mentioned, Frank, they do lean on towards towards a goaltender in this situation because yeah. they're trying to protect him. So I get that, but just like I still think it's a weak call. To Like what Lisi says, that you should stick your hands out and go for it. Don't just, okay, ball comes to me, I'm going to let it drop because that's, that's the weak way yeah. out, but whatever. Yep. Well, Michael agrees with me. So that's a rare change. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Usually, usually he doesn't disagree with me. Well, so. that, someone agree, that someone agrees with me. <laughs> well, that too. That too. <laughs> it's about damn time. <laughs> Salut. Salut. Oh, that's awesome. Been married for 13 years. Uh, and in that span, this is the first time anyone's ever agreed with me. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, before we wrap this up, um, Fiorentina Juventus, uh, thoughts on Pirlo making, I guess, having the balls to make a change at halftime, taking out Kulishevsky and I forget who the other person was, um, bringing on Morata. Uh, it seemed to be the right call because, I mean, as soon as he, as soon as Morata came in, I scored that big goal, uh, and shifted to that 4 2 3 1 formation. Um, what are your thoughts on how the moves that he made, I guess, at halftime, uh, that ultimately got them the, the points, uh, some points? Um, boy, Fiorentina could have won. Fiorentina should have won this game. They played well. They did yeah. play well. Pulgar had a, a great opportunity early in the game that yeah, uh, I think Chesney made a great save. Yeah, yeah. Or as Dave Barrett says, Chesney. Because it comes in the yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. It's connected. Dave, Dave Barrett's really really good. I actually like his commentary, but some of his name pronunciation. Let's go through this. So Chesney, okay, Ray Bitch. <laughs> that's the one I. That's Ray the bitch. one I chuckle at the most. Um, it's just nuts, but it's like, it's like, but he's he's really really good. Um, you know, we can't get Peter Drury or Martin Tyler, so we get Dave Barrett. And I actually think you know when he gets he gets the big he seems to get the big games. And I think he does a really good job. Um, but man, some of the pronunciations are just thank God that we're past insignia with these guys. <laughs> They've, I, I think they're all pronouncing it right now, aren't they? I hope. <laughs> so, I hope. Oh my. Um, I just I thought thought I'd point that out. All right. Um Murata, the the adjustment. Um I don't understand why they just don't play that from the start. I mean, what are you going to do with a midfield of Rabio, Bentoncourt, and Ramsey? I, well, you know, I'm, why don't you Rabio and Bentoncourt side by side play Dybala as a ten and get Morata up there with Ronaldo? Dybala is one of the guys that came off at halftime. That's what yeah. it was. You know, or or Ramsey in the ten and and Morata up front with Ronaldo. Either way, what do do that from the start? So. You know, and put some pressure on this. You know, put some pressure on this back three. Maybe he's going for the Gasparini vibes, where he just throws out random things that you, you know, what you least expect, which makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he, you know, he got himself, he got himself out of there. So it's, yeah. um, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's what it is. Uh, I, you know, I actually think that Juve's lucky to get out of here with a point. I mean, they, 
they dominated the possession of this game, but Fiorentina was very, very good going the other way. Um, Vlaovic scoring a Penenka does not change my opinion about his immediate future. I think he should stay at Fiorentina. Yep. I think he should continue to develop. I think he should get elite in the areas that he's got the chance to be elite at. Um, I, 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 I think going to a bigger club at this stage is going to be a little bit too premature. And I know that there are going to be a lot of people that, because I see some of the fan base Twitter accounts, they're dying to get them. And it, I, they're not going to like what I have to say, but it's like I, we've been down this road way too many times with young strikers that, we are we're trying to we're trying to pretend can be maybe a poor man's Erling Holland or somebody like that and it never pans out you know maybe he gives you a good spell of form over a batch of weeks but then after that he's crap i mean we've seen that happen way more often than we've seen the opposite no it's so. true and so it's better to be Better be careful, treat them with kid gloves, and give them opportunity to really grow into their position, and then and then make the snatch. With you, with you on that. Oh mercy! So two big games tomorrow. Um, or do you want to do goals of the week first? Let's knock out goals of the week. All right, let's do that. Um, I mean, it's it's in progress with two other games remaining. But you know what? Well, let's let's do it. Let's change it up because there were a lot of games in the midweek. So I'm gonna give you the top five of the midweek, and you do the top five this week. How about that? Okay, that sounds good. You can do that. You love throwing in those midweek. Goals. I do, and I do. And there were a lot of great goals, especially in that Lazio game. Sorry, Jerry, you might want to mute this part here. Uh, coming at number five for me from the midweek, uh, Immobile's curler actually, uh, great goal by him. Uh, coming number four, we're sticking with Lazio. It's uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, his free kick, a uh, wonderful goal, wonderful goal past uh, Moret. Moret got a hand on it, but not enough. Uh, but now Jerry can turn it off. Uh, coming at number three, Mertens with the upper 90, a wonderful goal there. Uh, follow that up, number two, Insigne second versus Lazio, the beautiful chip over the goalkeeper. Uh, wonderfully well done. Uh, wonderfully well done. Uh, anyway, and coming number one, Jerry, you can turn it back on now. Um, this is actually a different game from the from the Lazio Napoli matchup. This is Mandragora with his beautiful volley against Bologna. I mean, wonderfully done. I mean, power on that volley there. But that's my top five from the midweek. Awesome. I only have a top four. Um, there are four goals that I really really like, and I couldn't find a fifth. Um, so number four, I'm going to go with Berardi's overhead. Uh, in the win over Sampdoria, just, I mean, yeah, it was from close range, but the presence of mind to see where the ball is and just, I mean, the, I mean, that was a quick decision for him to do that was, was well executed. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Molina's goal, mainly because of the pass from Rodrigo De Paul. Um, 100%. Just, 100%. Just absolutely just split everybody. Uh, number two, I'm going with the Vlaovic Panenka. Um, just gutsy to gutsy for a young striker like that to do, but uh, was beautiful to see. And then uh, my my goal of the week is your goal of the week, uh, uh, Maratta's curler to uh, level the scoring for Juve, one uh, one. So maybe number five is open for the uh, two games tomorrow. I like I, that's true, and I also I like Eldor's goal against. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. We scored the goal I scored today, but yeah, there's, there's there'll be some goals next uh, tomorrow, I should say. So yeah. Sure. All right. So those are the uh, those are the goals of the week from us. Tomorrow, uh, we have two big games, uh, you know, that'll shape the top four landscape that will have a little bit to do with uh, the top four. Napoli in just very impressive form now. Uh, not much else to say. 
aggressively pushing for a top four finish. You and I think they're going to finish top four at the rate that they're going. Uh, but a tricky trip here to a Torino that themselves uh, are in very good form. Uh, unbeaten in four straight under Davide Nicola. Looks like they're starting to get it back together again. Um, a 1-1 a draw at Bologna, uh, the Mandragora goal that you talked about. Uh, beating Roma, uh, beating Udinese, getting the draw against Juventus in the derby. They've started to put it together and started to get the trajectory going to get themselves out of this uh, out of this trouble. This is not a done deal for Napoli, in my opinion. Uh, how do you anticipate this going? I, I think you're right. There's two teams that are playing well at the moment. Um, you know, a lot. Napoli should not overlook Torino by any stretch because they've been playing very, very well on both ends of the pitch. Um, They've found ways to get goals, unlikely goals, a teamwork between Sanabria, Belotti, and even Zaza in there and some others. Um, it's really starting to find some, some magic here towards the end of the season, and they need it because they're, they're trying not to get relegated themselves, right? They're on 31 points at the moment. Um, so they need all the points they can get. Uh, it's going to be difficult. I mean, we know a lot. We know, I keep saying Lazio, freaking Jerry's in, in my head now, apparently. Um, Napoli, they play freaking amazing and football. He ain't even, and he's not even paying rent. He's not. He's not paying a rent. He should. Um, yeah, Napoli is just playing. They're playing so well at the moment. They're scoring for fun. And Signe looks like he's got his swagger back. Merit, you know, Meritans is scoring goals again. And Osimhen's is still contributing as well. He's got the fifth goal in the game against Lazio. So, yeah, Napoli is doing really great things. And I think in this one, you know, considering that Davide Nicola is the, is the manager, um, you're going to assume it's going to be tighter than, than, than a 5-2 scoreline, right? You think it's going to be much closer. And I think what we're going to see is that two teams, it's going to be very close because, you know, both are playing in fine form at the moment. I think Napoli's uh, talent is just going to be mo that much more than what Torino has to offer. And I think it'll be a close 2-1 victory for Napoli. But um, I can see chances go both ways. I honestly do. I mean, obviously Napoli are going to get theirs. But don't discount Torino. They got the talent. They've been playing very well. They're confident. They can, and they're at home, so uh, those those things there will make them a very dangerous team. But I think Napoli just just do enough to get past uh, um, Torino here in this one. I'm going to go for a draw. I, I, I'm going for one one here, um, and I don't think either team are going to be bothered by it. Um, maybe even two two when you consider the attacking uh, talent on display. Uh, I mean, you know, Belotti is starting to come around. He just needs the goals to go with it. Antonio Sanabria has been a revelation for Torino since coming on board. Um, and then I look at, you know, N Napoli can do one of two things. They can they can go with Dries Mertens up front in that false nine. They could go with Osman. They've got they've got some flexibility there. Um, you know, I think that I see Belotti getting canceled out by Koulibaly. Um, but I see Sanabria. I see Verdi probably being able to do some things. You get some work from the midfield. I think that they can snatch a goal here and, and keep this competitive, but I think it's going to be a draw. Um, you know, I think in this run, I think that defensively Torino has made some improvements. They're not, they're not leak-proof by any stretch of the imagination, but they have the talent back there. Sirigu, um, it's been a dreadful season for them all together, but it, recently it looks like it's been a little bit better for them. You know, the back three of Itzo and Kolu and Bremer is uh, is definitely 
got the ability to be able to diffuse what Napoli's doing. I'll go one one here. Um, okay. I think there'll be chances. I think both goalkeepers are going to play really well in this game. They're going to be called on to make some saves. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a and, – and in the grand scheme of things, neither side are really going to be bothered by a point here. Napoli are going to fig, going to look at this and say, hey, we went away to a team that's in form, got a point, further boosted our chances for top four. Torino says Torino's going to say, hey, we got a point. We're a point ahead of Benevento now. We've still got another game in hand. So – um, Maret started the last game against Lazio, so you would imagine Ospina probably start the one this one. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so that, you know that that you can definitely uh, expect. So I, I I'm going to go one one draw there. I think that that's uh, that's what we're looking at, and I don't think either team's going to be bothered by it. So Lazio and Milan. Um, for me, for Lazio, this is last chance saloon for top four for them. Um, but if they win, they are right in this with everybody else. Um, Milan, if they win, they're back in second, depending on what happens in that Napoli game. They give themselves a much needed cushion. If we're saying one, one and Milan win against Lazio, Milan will have a five point edge over fifth, which they would relish. Absolutely. At this point. Absolutely. We saw this be a thriller in the reverse fixture. Milan winning 3-2. Uh, what do you think this time around? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't like the, the form of either team. I especially don't like the way Milan yeah. is playing at the moment. Uh, that's what's worrying me, just this whole stretch here now. Can Pioli and Zlatan and the team figure it out? And Chiara as well, right? Can the, 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 the dominating presence in the locker rooms, can they figure a way to, to end this skid? Uh, and a team you don't want to see is Lazio. They got, you know, right. while they may be struggling themselves, they got some goal scorers on our team. Obviously, Immobile is the, the pure sc- sc- scorer there. And you got SMS. You got, um, um, I mean, they got so much talent on their team. And there's so many goal scoring opportun- opportunists on this team, you know. Uh, so the goals are there. That Obviously, the issue is defensively, like, like Milan. Um, so I'm going to go... Everything in my head tells me it's going to be a draw. I'm going to go 2-2. I think there's going to be goals in this one just because the, the defenses are poor. Uh, Milan seems to be giving up goals lately. And uh, and obviously, we saw this in this past midweek, Lazio are as well. So uh, I, I see a draw in this one. I mean, both teams want the win. They definitely do. Lazio, especially if they want to try to get that top four. You know, I think it's just out of their reach. Uh, but uh, 2-2. That's, that's the way I'm going to go here. It's... Some of this is going to be me being a homer, but I'll weigh in with I'll, I'll I'll weigh in with what I think. You know what I said. You know I said on Alex's show on Friday. On Friday, if this Milan under Stefano Pioli, just when you're ready to think the worst of them, Pioli comes up with something and Milan somehow come through. That's true. You know. Let's look at that Sassuolo game. Milan had seven bad minutes against Sassuolo. Now, does that all of a sudden mean they're in bad form? They beat Genoa. They beat Parma. They they drew Sampdoria and all that. Though that was a fight, you know, beat a decent Fiorentina team. Ask Juventus how hard that how hard it was to get a point off of them. <clears throat> you know, so you know, let me make the case for Milan maybe not being as bad as form as everybody else is saying. They had seven minutes against Sassuolo where they just completely lost all concentration and gave away two goals to Raspadori. 
um, and ended up losing the match. Lazio, what's going on with this team defensively all of a sudden in the last two games? Conceding five to Napoli, conceding three uh, to Benevento. Um, they held Hellas Verona at bay uh, when they played them. What kind of Lazio are we going to get tomorrow? Are, are we going to get a team that's going to be organized, be able to you know, keep Milan out and enforce some things, or are we going to get uh, this all of a sudden this loose defending? You know, um, so that's something that has to be concerning. This is going to be a great game. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot to play for. Lazio are going to be desperate tomorrow. I think they're going to come out and play like a desperate team. Milan are going to play. I think Milan are going to come out and play like they're trying to protect something because in general they are, they're in third. Um, and in the end, um, I think Milan, I, I'm going to go with this. Pioli's in a corner again, you know, and he's going to have, he's going to pull something. He's going to, he's going to pull something out here. And this Milan team is going to pull something out every single time this has happened. We 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 think the worst of Milan. We said, "Oh boy, here we go again," and they get a result that all of a sudden makes you exhale. And I think that's what we're going to get here. I don't tell me how it's going to happen. It's going to be a two-one win for Milan. The goals are going to be odd. All right, there's not going to be. It, it's going to come from. It's going to come from something. One. It's not going to be. I don't think there's going to be goals that are going to come from something that was created, probably a set piece or a penalty here or there, but something really, really odd. And that's how I see this game playing out. And I think Milan get the three points. Is some of that homerish? Fine, if you want to say that. But it puts them in a comfortable spot, puts them back in second, and and really, really ends any hope Lazio would have for top four. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with I agree with the last statement for sure. Is that that's the last chance you know last chance lots are going to have to make top four and they're not going to get it. Uh, but it's going to be a tough game. A lot of opportunities, lots of chances both ways. So uh, stay tuned. You know, Immobile is going to get his. So all right, maybe Roma is just sandbagging all of this um, for United, and they're going to turn out a masterclass against Man United. What do you think? That would be something, huh? Um, yeah, they were minutes away, we thought, maybe from going automatically to the finals against uh, whoever. But, uh, yeah, no, they got to play that that semifinal against uh, United. And maybe, I mean, maybe they, they have the potential to play well. We we know we know this. Um, if they're going to p- play the way they did against Ajax, where they give them all the possession and try to play in the counter, I don't like it. I don't well, like Man it. Man United's going to have the ball a ton on yeah. Thursday. Bruno Fernandez. But I'm t- we're talking like 75, 28, or 25, or whatever it was, something ridiculous against yeah, IX. It's going to be very similar. Bruno Fernandez will probably have, if he, if he, and I'm assuming he's going to play in this game, um, he's going to take eight to 10 shots. He's going to have about 15 crosses from corners or for otherwise. I mean, he's just going to rack up all of these peripheral statistics. Um, Man United's going to have just boatloads of possession here. Roma's real objective is getting an away goal. Uh, and can they get it? Um, against a Man United team that under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has defended really well. Okay. Um, Ajax was a little bit easier because you were dealing with a Dutch under-21 goalkeeper. 
Um, in Man United, you're dealing with David De Gea, who at one point was considered one of the best goalkeepers in the world. He, he can't get a Premier League game now, but they have been using him on Europa League duty. They've been using Dean Henderson in the Premier League games. Um, so I think I think Man United win 2-1. to one. Um, I think that Roma will put up a heck of a fight. I think they'll find a way to get an away goal. But and 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 make this interesting when it gets back to the Olympico. But I'm going to go with a two-one win for Man United to open things up. Okay, okay. I know a lot of the Roma fans have been hating on me because uh, I, I I've been saying that they've been playing like shit in, in Europa League, and they have been. But uh, I'm gonna give them a bone in this one. I'm gonna say I think I think United they're more susceptible at home than they are on the road. On the road, they've been a, a fantastic team. Uh, they they're on some huge run, I think, of of uh, wins in a row or something like that. I mean, they beat Milan uh, on the road. Um, I think it's one one. I think they're gonna get their away goal. Uh, it's gonna be shit house for sure, but I think they're gonna get a goal. They're gonna find a way, get an opportunity, and you know, either it's Mayoral or Jekyll, whoever is gonna come in and get a, get their sneak the sneak attack goal and walk away one one somehow and uh, shit house their way to a a slight advantage going into the second half uh, second leg. So. We'll see. Um, hopefully, they're sandbagging in the league just so they can play well against United and surprise them. Maybe throw some false tactics when they try to study them. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be certainly one-way traffic for the most part. Yep, yep. A lot of possession. Expect a lot of possession from Man United. Except expect Roma, uh, you know, to get out on the break. And uh, you know, uh, you'll see a contrast of styles in that game, and it might be uh, it might be pretty fascinating. So. Uh, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to see from there. So, all right, uh, let's uh, round this out with a little fun, Richard. Yeah, let's do uh, who on Calcio Twitter here. Uh, let's uh, sh- uh, maybe I should just share the screen, huh? How about that? Yep. Give well, me we go back. Here. Let's just go back. I don't know if you're starting off with my tweet. Uh, President nominated. For- yep. Yes. Sir. Awesome. Okay, so you aren't you aren't forgetting me. Good. I'm not forgetting you this time. All right. Well, Presidente, thank you for the nomination. As you know, employees of Serie A sit down uh, are not eligible to win. Win, but uh, I just I said this last week on the pod. I said Inter, Milan, and Juve are going to leave Serie A, and Roma still won't win anything. So. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Just give them a little water for their tree. That's right. That's right. All right. Moving on to this one. Uh, it is. Uh, at A-C-M-D-U-I-V-E-L. And it's uh, Super League with the theme of Friends. Super Lega. <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm just loading this up. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is actually, actually, this is actually really well done. If you get a chance, definitely listen it in or watch the whole video. Uh, it's really well done, actually. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, very well done. It's nominated by, uh, again, A-C-M Duviel. Duviel. Excuse me. Oh, and it's even got the font for the uh, yes, credits. Yes, it's at everything. It's everything. Well played, Dewey <laughs> Bell. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So uh, at AC, uh, we might. That's the leader in the clubhouse, I think, right now. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So uh, at Mario Sweatshirt. Uh, <laughs> At Juve fans, if Inter are stripped of the Scudetto this season, should they still say they won 19? <laughs> they would know the answer to that, <laughs> wouldn't they? That's right. That's right. 
All right, next one comes from, nominated to us by at Milanista underscore TO, um, but it's actually from um, at Matrix190890. Uh, so the original tweet was from Madrid Zone, said the Super League clubs have decided to transfer the UCL trophies over to the Super League. Real Madrid will start with 13 su- uh, Super League championships. And he writes in, so can we still say Juventus lost seven Super League titles, uh, Super League finals? <laughs> That's great. Uh, that's good. <laughs> that's great. Well played. Well played. Uh, oh, that's that's got a shot. Yep. That's got a shot. All right. Uh, a repeat offender at Saturnian96. Maldini when Raiola keeps staring at him knowing the club got a new $350 million check. <laughs> Assuming that's euros. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. <laughs> oh, this one's uh, from Brian Dunseth. He says, uh, Agnelli. <laughs> Yep. All clubs, everyone's leaving the Super League. He's like, hey, where's everybody? <laughs> yep. Brian Dunseth from uh, Counterattack on Sirius XMFC. That's right. That's getting right. on, getting a nomination. Good stuff. All right. So let's move up to the next one. Um, let's oh. see. At Barca Center, Agnelli has resigned from Juventus. There is immense pressure on Florentino Perez too. This is more of this is more I nominated this because it was just funny because everybody's leaving, everyone's getting fired, and and uh, this is not real. Who won Calciatore? This is me just having fun. With that. <laughs> this okay. is the day when everything was blowing up. So, although uh, at Tom underscore FC, well, this is Barcelona. Our year in bottling nights in UCL continues soon. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> That is That's a good, good one. Stuff. All right. So yeah. Okay. So that was just that was worth that that was just worth a mention. There you go. Okay. Um, at Enia uh, Enia Enia Cacuatro, uh, or uh, stop Heidi. Il mondo del calcio in fiamme, uh, <laughs> the world of football in flames, and there's ADL. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping nice. De Laurentiis. <laughs> Not bothered by it. Nope. Carry on, carry on, everybody. Carry on. Carry on. All right, this is one that you nominated. This is from uh, at Ryan Bailey. He says, uh, who did it best, Fry Festival or European Super League? <laughs> <laughs> both were short. Uh, I think Super League did it better. There were, there were both, two days. Both were both were hilarious, and those involved got what they deserved. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. douchebag culture or non-football people trying to make decisions for the rest of us yeah so combination right. wonderful all right so this oh, one man this yeah, me go or you? you go ahead you take oh, it okay one. uh this one is uh nominated to us uh, this is actually carlo garganese he says uh even agnali's juventus lasted longer in europe than his super league two days and already dumped <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, another one uh, imperatori mcm uh let's see Okay, Man City pulls out of Super League. This thing is crumbling faster than Roma Scudetto <laughs> hopes in October. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love the reply from uh, Edo underscore Shea Critical damage 200%. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> love it. Love it. A little Mortal Kombat. Nothing wrong with that, right? That's right. All right, uh, Buffonissimo 2001 nominated uh, Art Morelli in this one. <laughs> uh, Adam <laughs> Levine, the nice jersey, and then Tank. Tancredi Palmieri. Well played. Oh, Mr. Nice. Morelli always, he never lets us down. He never does. He never, never does. lets us down. All right. So uh, Sabrina wanted to nominate you. Yes. Yeah, Sabrina, nominations are welcome, but all right. So 
and Ronaldo free kick free kick goal map for Juventus. So the original tweet was uh, from Marius Fischer. It says, all Lionel goal Messi free kick goals for Barcelona. And then so I replied, and all the all Ronaldos. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Richard made a ha-ha. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well done. That's uh, pretty creative. Nicely done, man. <laughs> all right. Um, next one comes from... Uh, at Blutgreitsche, so it's at B-L-U-T-G-R-A-E-T-S-C-H-E, and says, uh, here we go, it's new meme, who does? So, Milan, great start, top four, will be easy this year, Scudetto season, and then, oh, enough of these ballhead men, we return to the Pantera days. <laughs> Inter fans are like, if all games are like this, then I won't survive the season. Then mid- midway through the season, they're like, Con- Conte and Handanovic suck, and now they're like, eh, we're simply too good. <laughs> Juventus, Give Pirlo time. And then in the middle of the season, Scudetto charges on. And then now, <laughs> damn, we suck. And then Roma, we're just here. We're just here, isn't it? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Blut Grecia. Congrats. Yeah. That, that's, that's good stuff. That's, 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 up, that's up there. Uh, that's up there. Putting in the time. Uh, let's see. Rafa replied. That's our early one. Yep. Okay, everybody caught that one and sent it our way. Thank you, guys. Yes. Um, all right, so moving on. Uh, at Gio Rossonero is uh, nominating Cosimo. Um, at Cosimo FCJ, uh, <laughs> you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's <good. laughs> oh, That's great. All uh, right. Next one comes from at uh, Braycraw. Says Handanovic when he gets his paws on the Serie A trophy, dropping like Rafa Benitez. <laughs> dropping that FA Cup. Uh, this is worth a mention. This is an older tweet, but it got recirculated, and I thought it was worth sharing. And I just died when I read it. This is from at Der Ubermensch two or at Der Ubermensch Zwei, if if you want to go there. There you go. Route. Uh, just asked a Swiss dude what he thinks about <laughs> Ricardo Rodriguez, and he said he never saw a bigger piece of shit in his life. <laughs> and then you got Saturnian replying, <laughs> and then Rodriguez? what did he say about Rodriguez? <laughs> Very good. Very well, that good. got circulated around from at finally Kais. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. That was well done. Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, we're going to do these. We're really going to do these. We are. We are. Uh, so Jerry Mancini says, uh, seems that you may literally shit their pants today. <laughs> I think I made him shit himself. Poor Delict. <laughs> Poor Delict. Uh, there's another one, wasn't there? That's, oh, yeah. That's, no, no. that's dumps. Is that like dump sweat or like some kind of seepage? Uh, duck butter. <laughs> God damn it. Someone told me that once. I never really forgot it. <laughs> I've never heard of it called that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you have. <laughs> Duck butter. Uh, I can't. I can't take my kids to feed the ducks again now at the pond. <laughs> Give us some duck butter. <laughs> On this duck butter theme, uh, at underscore FCIM says, Delict literally shinned himself on the pitch and bottling top four while Bastoni is busy helping Inter win the Scudetto and washes his ass. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, poor Delict. Poor Delict. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why white shorts are a bad idea. Yes. All right. Sansoni made an appearance. Uh, he did. Forgot that. 
forgot that Parma just got bought by some American billionaire. What a return on investment. <laughs> and relegated for their efforts, right? <laughs> but, but we've seen better from Napoli on Sony. That's but, true. But he makes it every week. So uh, <laughs> I saw this one from at Uncle Drew SC. Milan fans celebrating being first place in December. There's, it's uh, the video game, and the Chelsea yeah. guys are lifting nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It's so true. All right, let's see. Uh, Sachonion back in this. It says, uh, me taking out my brother uh, first before he could celebrate his Inter-Scudetto. <laughs> why not Chris Benoit, right? That's right. Uh... All right, at underscore FCIM, rise and fall of Florentino Perez. It's uh, the statue of Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. <laughs> uh, what we got here? So we got, okay, uh, this is a, at Inter is in my soul. It says uh, Fiorentina versus other teams. And then Fiorentina versus Juventus. Go Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, All that's right. good. Let's see. <laughs> and then finally, at Alex Dono, better than Morici. <laughs> Middle finger. <laughs> Oh, Alex. Uh, <laughs> great Photoshop skills. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. I oh. think he's got the head size right. <laughs> so. Oh. In terms of proportionate to the body. So, all right. I like oh, the, we got the middle finger there. Good week. Good week for Who Won Calcio Twitter. Well played, everybody. Yeah, oh. we got to pick a winner out of this, though. That's hard. I'm still laughing at the duck butter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um uh, that a lot of good ones. I'm gonna go with uh Yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you got? I'm I'm looking. Um I I think that uh Blut Gretsch it's it's down to Blut Gretsch. Um Uncle Drew SC. I'm narrowing it I'm narrowing it down. Um, let's see here. I like the Galacticos one. <laughs> Don Tico Interlover. Yep, Don Tico Interlover. Yep. And uh, where was the one we were at at the bottom? Uh, ACM Doivel. Oh, yeah. The Super League. I think it's down to those four. That's where I would. That's that's that, that's what I would pick from. What do you think? Uh, I, go, I go with recent memory because I'm already forgetting the one, so I'm going to go with Don Tico Lover. Don Tico Interlover. Oh, uh, like you're going with that, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, so just another inter-Twitter account winning. Uh, it's not that, and I don't want to deny them that. If they're, if they're, bringing they're winning the, funny, the season, why not? <laughs> they deserve to win. So. I, I mean, I, I've got to go. I love the creativity from uh, at ACM Doivel, uh with the Super League video. Yeah, the, the friends video that was really good. That was good. That oh, was good. I think that's uh, that's that's pretty creative. Um, let's see here. Um, that's good. Ah, uh, man. I yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go with the Don Tico lover. Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> Just because right. it's so true. <laughs> at Inter is at Inter is in my soul. Uh, you win Calcio Twitter this week very very narrowly. Um, Let's see. Barely so, beat me. Uh, yep, barely beat it, uh, Richard. Barely, barely beating uh, ACM Doivel. Um, so congratulations. I think this is another first time 
This is the first time, another for, another guy that's doing like a first time entry and yeah. and uh, and winning. Inter's taking all the trophies this year, huh? Yeah, <clears throat> I guess so. I guess it's their year. Tweet of the year might be uh, all Inter all Inter uh, fans here. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so while you're doing that, uh, if you have not so yet, uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, like, subscribe, leave comments. That'd be much appreciated. And uh, also, you know, if you haven't done so yet, follow our other accounts on you know Instagram, Facebook, uh, obviously Twitter, where we're yep. most most active. Uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, any support you can give us is to be much appreciated. And uh, as always, uh, yeah, feel free to go over to Hardcore Italians. They put out some great merchandise. Uh, and use our code AT15 to get 15% off on your purchase. So make use of that. Yep, excellent stuff. Uh, we'll put a bow on this edition of City. Uh, sit down. Uh, Richard, anything else you want to shamelessly plug? Yeah, um, I was on Scott, Ro- Scott Monroe's uh, podcast. First guest on his new podcast recently. Um, chat with nice. chat with Scott. I think he's still working, fine-tuning the name. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We talked a lot of uh, a lot of Calcio, a lot of Roma, um, a lot of good old good old times. So yeah, definitely give that a, a follow. And then uh, also, I was on the Calcio Connection uh, last weekend or Friday or something like that, Thursday or Friday, uh, with Jerry and Alex and a big group of guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we we laughed a lot. Uh, her Jerry's time was back. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. That so yeah, the, check those those two out. And then as always, follow me, uh, R underscore K H A R M A N. Yep, excellent. I'm at FTC underscore twenty one. Want to give shout outs to Calcio Connection. Uh, also uh, to Scott Monroe. Good luck. I uh, hope you get things up and running and things go well with your new pod. That's what Richard and Scott do well. They do podcasts without me around. Um, it's what we do. It's a, you do it here with that. whenever I miss Scott seems to I seem to miss the ones that Scott does although I did one with him so there you go uh, you know so we're okay uh, shout out to the Calcio Connection shout out to uh, Milan Weekly Podcast uh, shout out to Far From Vesuvius the Calcio guys for jumping in thank you very much gentlemen absolutely um, uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, Italian football podcast thank you know shout out to you guys as well great stuff as always um everybody else that uh, we have a chance to interact with i uh, just want to give some mentions to some some other good people out there if uh you know you you like our opinions but you want to hear some other opinions and get some different takes on what's going on in calcio those are all excellent places to go so and i'm, I'm leaving some other ones out and i apologize lazio lounge we are not experts nor do we pretend to be oh shout out to milan weekly podcast there i did do that shout out oh, i okay, shout good. out to them yeah <laughs> I, let, I let them know you know stevie didn't come on board tonight and watching the oscars so oh you know we didn't get dressed up tonight so it's our fault that's all right you know we probably could have done like an oscar theme night and handed out awards and stuff like that but that's <sighs> i didn't have time to get all that together yeah. and i wasn't gonna too much work that's too much work and i wasn't gonna wear a tuxedo <laughs> so i think i've worn a tie like twice in the last eight years so who knows uh but anywho um at FTC underscore 21 is where you can find me on Twitter. Setia, sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever there are podcasts, you can find Setia, sit down. As Richard mentioned, at Setia, sit down on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, give us a follow on those accounts. Uh, drop any comments, drop any uh, questions, anything that you have uh, for future podcasts. We're, uh, we're interested in entertaining those ideas and bringing them to the show. Uh, here on our YouTube channel, uh, please subscribe, drop a like, um, leave any comments if you want uh, for uh, for anything for the future as well. Um, and uh, Facebook, we're there from time to time. Uh, you're welcome to chime in with any takes on there as well. So 
Uh, would love to hear from all of you. Chat, uh, thanks for stopping in. Thanks for uh, uh, interacting with us. Um, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> same time next week, my friend. Yeah, same time. Sounds good to all me. All right. All right. So that's a wrap here on this edition of City I Sit Down for Richard. I am Frank. As always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao. Make it big.